ding ding, trigger warning, suicide, all the terrible things. One and only Identity Crisis Mars Murder. Marty Murderess. Sluts and Napoleon. And with me, as always, is my trusty co host, Brandishing the Knees. Brandishing her creepy, creep, creep knees. Look at how well they look with my knee eyes. You're looking. I am looking in (laughs) such disturbia. And she's doing like high kicks while sitting. Good thing my shorts aren't any shorter. You'd probably be seeing my underwear. That's true. Hi, everyone. Kira, that's Kira anti-pants. Ew. I'm so anti-pants, you can almost see my underwear today. And you know what else? It's like going to be a blizzard and she's wearing her creepy knees out. It's hot in the office, okay? I will say, though, I say creepy knees to you. And I just want to say that I don't believe that your knees are the creepiest my knees are the creepiest. You Quit. just have knees. You're just deflecting I am. upon my great looking knees. <laughs> knees are just not Mine are very bony. <laughs> they're bones and they're just cartilage. They're not pretty. I mean, to be fair. Yeah. I wouldn't find knees attractive. I just hate pants. So my knees just, you know, fair enough. by proxy are Shown to the world. Sounds about right. Like men who don't wear shirts and their nips are exposed. It's just the oh, same thing. Right? <laughs> or the men that wear their shirts unbuttoned um, down really far. Yeah. In a sense, that's kind of how it is because they wear the shorts and True. the knee highs. So it's just You're a like, bit of thigh and knee. It's like having your shirt open. But exactly. it's your but it's knee open. Oh. <laughs> it's like popping that button for your knee. I'm popping my caps. <laughs> Maybe. They do pop. I'm old now. You know what? Maybe they should come out we should come out with pants that unbutton just around the knees so that you just can just knees. show a little <laughs> knee cleavage. Oh, these knees are so restricting in these pants. Let me just... And then you can just like squeeze your leg together and it's like pop. <laughs> yes. I and then would it's... have knee turtlenecks on. <laughs> Nurdles. I would. <laughs> I'd keep a a dicky on under my pants. A dicky. Like what? Um. Okay. On. On. Bang. Big Bang Theory. The Big Bangering Theory. <laughs> um. Howard always has them on, so they're like turtlenecks, but that's not a real shirt. It just oh, is like. Don't they have that? The <laughs> in uh, the religious stores around here for the modest dressings oh i don't know like a dick oh just like a flap so it covers it so you can't see cleavage i feel that's blasphemy i but don't they have that i agree because cleavage is really the dreamscape of the (laughs) fairy tales yes I agree. And I don't have very big cleavage, but still, I, I sure still show do. mine. Yes, you, you didn't need to show I, me. I know. I, know. I do <laughs> with the turtleneck. It doesn't matter. They're there. How can you show? 
And you just really pull down turtlenecks and you're like, I do. Look. So, so what are we talking about today? Well, damn it, Gary. We've got damn another. Damn it, Gary. We've got another damn it, Gary, today. Number two. Numero dos. Which Gary? We are talking about Gary Gilmore. He's a twisted freak. He really is, but in some sick, morbid way, I appreciate how much of a badass he is. Hmm. Yeah. I don't... So, I don't appreciate the shit he did. No. But, um, he definitely wanted to die. He absolutely did. So, yeah. And nobody wanted him dead. No. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, why does everybody want this bozo alive? I know innocent people, like I was saying earlier, innocent people that are on death row die all the time. Yes. And they don't find out for like mm-hmm. years after that they were so stupid at convicting them on <laughs> circumstantial evidence at best. Yeah. But then you have Gary Gilmore who admitted it after one round of saying he was innocent, but then then got called out on his bullshit and since then he's like, yeah, I did it. Just kill me. Yep. And they wouldn't for a very right. long time. He was... So we should... We'll get there. Uh-huh. So, Kira? Yes? I want you to tell me about this Gary Dickhead Gilmore. Do you want me to tell you while I lift up my knees? I... <laughs> I was gonna throw a gummy bear in I my... In my knee cleavage. And my... In my kneevage. Yep. <laughs> and my... Mind you and your words. My my mashups. I was going to yeah, throw a gummy bear at her, but uh, I in my klutzy ways, I just threw it at myself. <laughs> so That was your, your subconscious telling you you still wanted that. It's so true. Don't waste a gummy bear on her kneevage. And now, the and... tale of Gary Gilmore, damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. Two shall begin. Yes. Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. Tell me of the way that this bozo began. Well, damn it, Gary. Yes. (laughs) Although, aha, you have been deceived. Why? So, first. Yes. Let me get my right paperwork. Yeah, don't screw this up. Don't tell me how to live my life. (laughs) All right. Born December 4th, 1940. In McCammy, Texas. Cammy? McCammy. Oh, I didn't Mac- know that was a place. Mac- I didn't either. Huh. But, uh, yeah. Mr. Monsieur Gary Gilmore. Monsieur? So, oui, he- oui, monsieur. Oui. En français? Uh, uh, oi. <laughs> Where's our Aussie listeners? <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. It's a thing. Um, so, he was the second of four sons. Born to a couple, Frank and Bessie Gilmore. Hmm. How old school name of them. Right? Appropriate around that time. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Frank was an awesome petty criminal known as a 100-er. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What does that mean? So, so, so he would sell ad space for like magazines and stuff that weren't really a thing. And he'd profit all 100% of the money for himself. Nuh-uh. Yeah, so he was a scammer. Yeah. 
total so, tool bag. Yep. So they happened to be in Texas when Bessie was pregnant with Mr. Gary. Mm. And, you know, he popped out when they were in McCann, Texas. Ah, yep. I see. <laughs> so, originally, he was not Gary. No. No. Oh, no. Because the Who plot was thickens. He? he was originally named Faye Robert Kaufman. I want to know who names their daughter. I mean, their son. <laughs> <laughs> that gave him a complex Faye. in itself. Right? It's like that song, my, uh, A Boy Named Sue. Yeah, Johnny Cash. Okay. So, side note. This is how he got his wacky original OG name. Okay. I'm ready <laughs> so, for it. So, since... As I have stated, Frank the father was a wonderful petty criminal. They right. had a different alias, so they went by the last name Kaufman so he could pull his shenanigans and not get caught by his original name. Okay. So it was Kaufman. Um, so after a bit, Bessie was like, that is the dumbest name on earth. Yeah. For my son. My, yeah. My number two son. Right. <laughs> so I'm changing it. So she changed it. Ah. Didn't bother to, like, you know, change birth certificates or anything. Just went and got it changed, but not update the birth certificates right. or anything. Or whatever it is you have to do when your names are changed. Right. I don't know. I've never changed my name. I never have either, but yeah. maybe I should. <laughs> you should be Faye Robert Kaufman. <laughs> I'll junior. just that name. <laughs> I'm junior, so, yes. you know. You're keeping a legacy alive. Absolutely. Although, I don't know that I want to be like him. Well, Well, then you can change it to Gary after. So you can do a third name change. Oh, yeah. Then you can change it to Gary I can also be a damn it Gary. Yeah. Then we could do an episode on you. (laughs) After I've murdered you. Absolutely. Yep. So, yeah. He then became Gary Gilmore, took the original name they have Mm -hmm. not the alias then they moved around a bit and frank was just an amazing drunk abusive asshole Uh, (laughs) no one was safe no one nope so they just roamed around he was scamming people poor bessie had to take care of the kids while you know frank was being a tank do (laughs) do they know where uh he fell in line gary in the family tree. Number two. Okay. He was the second of okay. four sons. So. Okay. So, like, half mid <laughs> since there's four. I would say the second and third are the middle children. Ah. So half Interesting. Mid. I'm just the middle child. I, I am the number fifth child. Holy Jesus. I know. What would you be? Were you the last or middle of them? Second to last. Yeah, I don't know how you'd be mid of that. That's that's confusing. I guess I that know. would be number three because it's an odd number, so it's a lot easier to say, bam, you're the middle. Right. But there's five of you. There are five. <laughs> so technically, my two sisters are the middle. Yeah. I'm on the caboose. <laughs> Not me. I'm straight up middle child. <laughs> ah, yeah, you are. <laughs> so, uh, um, after a while, she got tired of being in Texas. Uh, and, you know, Frank, Frank the Tank running around going crazy with his shenanigans. 
Yeah. They decided to go west. 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 West coast, here they come. Yeah, they do. Wait, where are they at now? Texas. Texas. They're in Texas. Now they're going to Portland, Oregon. It's a very big difference. Absolutely. I've never been to Texas, but I could tell from the humidity alone. Yeah. (laughs) It did not. So they moved to Portland to settle down, and Bessie was like, you're going to get sober, you bastard. To the husband? To Frank the Tank. Good for her. Just like in that movie, Frank the Tank also needed to get sober. (laughs) On old school? (laughs) Good call. Yes. So, yes, they went. Um, Frank finally sobered up a scotch and got a real job, not a scamming job. Oh, that's good. So he was out of town a lot. So hmm. the family didn't have to deal with the Frank the Tank shenanigans yeah, and, and abuse. abuse. So much abuse. No one was safe in that family. So sad. Bessie got it. All the kids got it. But Gary got it the worst. Mm. Maybe because Frank the Tink didn't like Faye. <laughs> or he liked they the named him Faye. They liked the name and then wife changed it and Frank got mad. I don't know. But he was like, that was a beautiful name for my second son. <laughs> I wonder if that was it. Or, you know, he's probably just an asshole. Right. Which is probably the most logical reason. Absolutely it. it is. Yep. So, in 1951, the last son was born. His name was Michael. It's spelled like someone in Utah would spell Michael. Oh, no. Tell me. Want to guess? Or do you Um, want me to just tell you? So, let's (laughs) think here. It's M-I-K-A-L-E or something stupid. Close. Ah, M-I-K-A-L. Uh, oh, my stupid. <laughs> that says Mickle to me. But it's pronounced Michael. On all the documentaries <laughs> I have watched, they all said Michael. That's <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So, Michael was born. Hmm. Um, Gary was 11 at that time. And they decided to move to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City? Salt Lake City. Well, that's in Utah. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, it is. Yep. All right. So they moved here. Um, while in Salt Lake, Gary befriended a bunch of hooligans. Uh-oh. Hooligans. Hooligans. The kind that you would like. Goons. Oh, I do like the goons. You like goony hooligans. Yes, I do. They drink booze. They mm. smoked. Ew. They shoplifted. Oh. Yeah. That's what they did in Salt I like Lake. how they're my goons. I don't want my goons to be criminals. They're goons. What else do goons do? Goons just like to follow Marcy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like minions. Mm-hmm. Do they build stuff? They do. So then you have murderous minions. Yes. <laughs> they build laser beams. They wear goggles on they their do. one eye. Uh-huh. They yep. look like yellow jelly beans. One of them has a eye patch. Okay, so they drink, they shoplifted, and they smoked. Crap. Oh, shenanigans. Yeah. They probably mooned passing by cars, too. Definitely. 
throw rocks at trains on Christmas morning. Yes, that's the best tradition ever. <laughs> Absolutely. So only a year later, they moved back to Portland. I don't get it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Too many rebels here in Utah. Uh, they were just like, oh, no. <laughs> Damn it, Gary, you hooligan. <laughs> we're going to move back where it's less terrible goon-wise. I don't know. Either way, they ended up in Portland a year right. later. Yes. They were like, Sayonara Salt Lake Shitty. Yes. Salt Lake Shitty. Salt Lake Shitty. I like it. It was so shitty, they went back to Snortland. <laughs> That's funny. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. So now, Gary was at the ripe old age of 12 years old. And the little drunkie just, you know, liked to play hooky. Mm, mm-hmm. There was a spot by a creek he liked to just hang out. Yes. And play hooky. Yes. And, you know, drink. Yes. He was very well partied in his year 12. <laughs> oh, in year 12. Year 12. In the year 12 when he was born. <laughs> in the year 12 of the Dammit Gary number two saga. Exactly. <laughs> The more you know. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, being that Gary thought he was, you know, like a badass and had to, like, be like, hey, look at how brave I am, right. fellow hooligans. And besides me being drunk, you know, I'm just a badass. Right. He really, really had this odd pastime that he just enjoyed doing. Yeah. He liked to push things to the limit. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, for for instance. Yes. He loved to stand in front of trains on a train track and would stare down those trains until they were, like, almost eye to eye. And then he would hurry and jump out of the way so he wouldn't get hit. He had a thing about uh-huh. suicide. Or, well, I think like that the part adrenaline. Yeah, that part wasn't necessarily the suicide. That'll happen later once he starts going super crazy. Yeah, but the risk was there. The risk is there, but it's more to prove that he's a badass uh, right now. Uh, Being like, I'm such a badass. Yeah. You know. Yeah, bitch. Like Country Mac. Country Mac is a badass. Exactly. He wanted to be Country Mac. Yes. Sunny that makes reference. sense. <laughs> <laughs> we Another did a few sunny reference. Throwing We've... rocks to the train. Yeah. On the Christmas morning. That's a sunny reference yep. too. It is. Yeah. We haven't brought one up for a minute, so I did. I know. Right? Double whammy it. Oh, gave so it the beautiful. <laughs> yes. Go on. So yeah, that's. I think a lot of that, too, is because he was treated so shitty at home. Yeah. You know, they have feel they have to prove something more to the world. Yes. Because they get treated. Because it wasn't just physical abuse his dad would do. Mental abuse, too. So it wasn't just one or the other. It was both. I, and he's young. Yeah. So, like, poor mom did the best that she could. But right. she's enabling the behavior, too, because she didn't leave. And, I mean, hell, they've been traveling around all over the place scamming people. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily her too, but she knew of it. So she did know what they were I up to. I would imagine so because they were tra- they were constantly on the move. How else would you right. explain that to someone and not after I mean, he was the second child and he when he was born they were already traveling. Right. So and they were still traveling 
for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Not the best home life, so that's just setting up poor Gary to further worsen his adult self. Right. Yikes. So, he dropped out of ninth grade so he could hitchhike to Texas with his parents' permission because they thought that it would do him some good and he would become a better person by hitchhiking to Texas by himself. What? This is so When he's a ninth grader. Yeah, I don't know the logic behind that. (laughs) Wow. Besides, they're like, yeah, it'll do him some good. No. (laughs) No, no. Go run free, child. Yeah, that is insanity. (laughs) Yep. So, he was only there for a few weeks. Right. (laughs) While he was there, he started an illegal poker game. And then he used his winnings to buy sex, booze, Ah, and drugs. Smart. Because he knows how to party. Yeah, he do. (laughs) Yep. Leave it to Gary. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary, again. Again. I I had to laugh because, I mean, really? He started an illegal poker game. I know, right? And then just bought, you know, drugs, booze, and ladies of the night. As he should. In ninth grade. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. We realize that that is 15 years old. Yes? 14, 15. Somewhere around there. I don't know children. Something. We know I'm not well versed in child. I don't know. It's 14 or 15. Yep. Well, that alone shows he's a badass. But I thought it was so funny when I heard that. Yeah, absolutely. After getting bored of being there... And, you know, spending all of his winnings on ladies of the night, booze and drugs. Okay. Yeah, bored. So he went back to Portland. But his shenanigans only got better. Better or worse? Only got better. Worse. Both. Okay. (laughs) A little both. Yes. Um, So he started a car theft ring (laughs) in May of 1955. So bizarre. Honestly, if he was my son, a part of me would laugh because you're just like, yeah. The problem is with Gary is he's too smart and he's too creative. And when you don't have a constructive outlet for it. Right. This is what happens. He had a bad environment. He didn't have like structure. Yeah. And he's really smart and really creative. He had an extremely high IQ. Extremely. I wrote it down. It was 130, I think they said. What's... I don't know. I don't either. Let's see what high IQ is. Yeah. I think mine is two. I was going (laughs) to say mine's three. We're very low on the total pool. We're real slow. So a score of 130 or higher is a signal of high IQ. So he barely hit the high IQ by having 130 IQ. Wow. So he's Mr. Smarty Pants. And yeah. if you don't have a good outlet for that, you're just going to cause trouble. Right. Phantom went through that. <laughs> well, no way. Yeah. Phantom. <laughs> well, and then the other thing they said was that because he um, he was in prison from like age 22 to 36. So like he was he'd been in there for almost half his life mm-hmm. at that point 
that that's where he studied and got an education was in prison. Mm -hmm. And so basically he just got more educated on how to commit crimes and get away with crimes and all that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Gary. Damn it, Gary. damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. Yes. Like, it's bad, but the whole time he makes me giggle. (laughs) Because you're just like, man. So back to the car theft ring. In May of 1955, he was caught for the car theft ring. And his father came to the rescue, hiring a good attorney. So he got off with just a warning. Right. But from there on out, kind of just set him up to learn how to milk the legal system and get out of shit. Because cause we're not going to cover all the little petty crimes that right. Gary got into because we'd be here all day. Yeah. And I already covered quite a few in this and it's yeah. a lot. But yeah. his dad kept bailing him out and was just like attesting, he's a good boy. He'd never do it. So he'd get out with slaps on the wrist for the most Shut part. up. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Like, his dad was teaching him how to just scam even more. That's crazy. <laughs> Here, child, learn how to manipulate the legal system. Wow. So, just really stand-up guy. Real stand-up guy. Yeah. <laughs> Start him out young. Yeah. I, he really did. Mm-hmm. When he wasn't, like... that's Here's the interesting part. Because his dad was so abusive mentally and physically towards Gary, and then he bails him out all the time. Do you think it's out of guilt oh, that he does that? Or probably because he created the monster yeah. before us. Like, like I just thought of that, and I didn't think of that when I was writing my notes. But it's yeah. like, why was he doing that when he was just treated Gary like shit his entire? Wow childhood and teenage years but he he bailed him out no problem right during all of his crazy shenanigans he then got arrested for stealing a 1948 chevy and this time his father could not save him and he got sent to the mclaren youth correctional facility for 15 months most of that time was in maximum security and he said that that reform school, reform school, was where he truly learned to become a hardcore criminal. That's sad when you're learning more from that than oh yeah, life. which I think happens a lot. Like it's true, people that are that get caught up in something and go to jail, they end up be where they're really not that guilty or they they didn't do anything serious for just a petty crime they go uh to jail and they come out worse worse off Mm -hmm. more of a hardened criminal than they went in yeah that's why it's like sometimes i think that the punishment doesn't fit i agree the crime because sometimes it's too extreme and then you get those to where a person wouldn't become such a hardened criminal or murderer but then when they get put in there they see shit shit happens to them oh yeah they're angry Mm-hmm. So then they take it out when they come back in. They take it out on the system, the world, yep. themselves, everything. And it escalates. So I think that, I mean, no system's going to be perfect. No. But it happens more than it should. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes it is the system's fault. Yep. Not all the time, because sometimes if the shoe fits, but... What? Yeah. <laughs> and in this one, I mean, 
He definitely the shoe fit because, bro, he just kept going crazy. He was. <laughs> he didn't have nuts. a chance. He just didn't have a chance. Yeah. Like he, he grew up being a shit. <laughs> the environment was terrible. He probably had chemical imbalances as well. Oh yeah. Which yeah. just add fuel to the fire. For sure. So yeah. So in nineteen nineteen fifty six. He was released. <laughs> okay. So he's out free to, to create more shenanigans. Yep. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. Not again. <laughs> so he would spend years in and out of jail. And in later years, he was looking back on, you know, life and his early years. Yes. And he concluded that he wasn't a good thief. And he just, <laughs> he just stopped caring. He didn't he, give a shit about anything. Clearly, he didn't give a shit about how he was being a robber. Mm-hmm. Like, his thefts. He got yeah. caught every time. Right. Because he was smart. He could easily think of ways to, like... Oh, yeah. Get out of it. Yes, but, absolutely. But he just... He didn't give a fuck. No. He did that could have been from depression, too. Because you hit a point where you're just like, I don't That's fucking so care. True. So maybe he had some depression. I yeah. don't know. Just throwing shit out there. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that kind of made me giggle, so I had to share that. He's yeah, just like, I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> so in, in 1958, 58. <laughs> he was picked up for statutory rape. So he's escalating yet again. No. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, like there's not many accounts of rape. This was the only one that I heard of. There might be more either not like told or you know right it's hard to say but um his dad helped him so his charges got dropped for the statutory rape but he still ended up going to jail good he got sentenced to a year for an old car charge Uh uh-uh good at least he's going for something he still got punished not for the crime he should have right or tacked on to his sentence. Yes. But I mean, at least he got off of the streets for a year. Absolutely. Um, so then he got sent to the Oregon State Correctional Institute for that one. Okay. So in mid-1960. Did you say sixty? Sixty. <laughs> the girl he raped gave birth. Ah. Yep. So she had a rape baby. Oh, no. Um, But Gary's parents did not tell him that the child lived. So apparently somehow, I guess he found out that she was pregnant after the rape. I don't know all the details. I didn't look into the the crime itself of the rape. Because there's so much to look for in this just for a basic on Gary. Oh, my gosh. So she had a rape baby. Kept it. But his parents told him that the baby died. So, Gary Gilmore has an illegitimate child just running around. Probably for the best. I don't know if that child ever found out. To find out that that's... That your parent was a... For Uh, one, you were a rape baby. Yeah. That would be rough. It would. I don't know if I could truly tell a child that you were a rape baby. Because you have to be very sensitive about it. Yeah, because... That's a rough subject. Yeah. We've been raped. We know. It's yeah. not fun. No. So that's that's rough. 
Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't even imagine being the parent tr- with that child. Oh. If they ever ask. I know. Or anything. I know. Like, who knows? That's a whole other can of worms we should never go into. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> but, awful situation. But I'm sure the mom loved the shit out of that baby regardless. Right. And hopefully the kids had a good life. It's true. So speaking of more secrets that yes. Gary's parents did not tell him. Oh, great. Yep. They like to keep things close to the chest. Yes. <laughs> so prison officials could only find a birth certificate for Faye Robert Kaufman. They could not find one for Gary Gilmore. Gary did not know that... Mama changed his name when he was a baby because mom hated his name. He didn't know? He didn't know. Oh, wow. Because he was, he was so young. Right. So, um, and neither parent ever ex- bothered to explain this to prison officials. If that's why they can't find his birth certificate. Oh. So they have no idea what the hell's going on. Prison officials have no idea because they cannot find anything. Gary oh my doubted that Frank was his real dad because he had no birth certificate. Oh my gosh. Like all they could find with mom and dad's name is fake. Wow. So there's there's a little bit of more. Here's some more fucked up life for yeah. you, sir. Yeah. That would just be weird. <laughs> and nowadays yeah. where you need that for everything, that would be real hard. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so crazy. Yeah. So in the fall of 1961, 1961, he was released and went to live with his parents in suburban Portland. Huh. Hi, parents. I'm back. Right. I would be like, so uh, let's talk about this birth certificate situation. Right. Yeah, I would I don't not know be if he like, did, but that's what I would do. Walking in all <laughs> happy go lucky. <laughs> I mean, it's better than in prison, I suppose. But at that point, he's been in and out so much; it's probably like a second home. That's not true. a fun one because he never. Yeah. For the record, he hated jail and prison. He never liked it there, and he just became a caged animal every time. And because it was most of his life. He just would get worse and worse every time he'd go back in there. And I'll cover that more later because mm-hmm. it just, everything keeps escalating. He is just a ticking time bomb waiting yeah. to go off because of all the different circumstances just coming together at that worst time. Oh, yeah. So, um, so once he got there, he soon got put back into jail. This time it was for an open liquor bottle in the car and driving without a license. Oh. So, minor. Okay. Another petty thing. Right. He's um, just so dumb. Stop getting caught. I, he just, I think at that point he's just so, I don't, he didn't care. Right. He just lost hope for everything. Wow. He, I swear, he had to have been depressed or something because they don't have those diagnoses as much back then. No. But the way he is acting, like, yeah. there's got to be more to him because it was just shit for him. That makes yeah. me depressed just reading on his life. Yeah. He didn't fucking care. So at that point, you're like, I'll do whatever the fuck I do. Right. If I get in trouble, I get in trouble. If I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'll continue my shenanigans. Right. 
my dad is such a role model. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> so while serving time, uh, his father, Frank, died of cancer. That caused him to just go ape shit. No way. He became a crazy wild bushman in his cell. He was like throwing shit around. No way. Breaking shit. He broke the light bulb and um, part of the glass. He slit his wrists with part of the glass from the light bulb because he was just fucking lost his mind. Whoa. And this is where the suicides start. start. And it they don't stop. He We're only going to cover some of the suicide yeah. attempts he did. Numerous ones. Oh, yeah. And... There were some where he had suicide packs with mm-hmm. people. Which we'll cover two of those. Yeah. yeah. And he went on so many hunger strikes for everything. Yeah. Because he just, he was just a defiant mofo from yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So um, once they found him and what he did, you know, they got him all patched up and whatnot. He was sent to solitary confinement and prohibited from going to his father's funeral, which just set him off even more. Um, that would be sad not being able to go. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, whether you're in prison or not, if that's a family member, you truly, I mean, a horrible role model, but that's still his dad. His dad rescued him so many times. There was, there's a weird bond there. Yeah. Sure, like, even though you're abused, there's still a weird bond there. Yeah. It's... yeah. Only people that are abused know what I'm talking about, but it's odd. Yeah. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. He and his friends, once he got back out, um, decided to assault a dude uh, with a lead pipe. A lead pipe? To rob him for $11. Oh. So he assaulted a man. That it was $11 only. No, but that's all they got was $11. Oh my gosh. With a lead pipe. What is wrong with these people? Uh, many things. So yeah. now he's adding assault and robbery to his growing rap sheet. Wow. I mean, I it... guess robbery was already on there, but assault and robbery. So... Wow. Yep. Yeah. So in March of 1964, <laughs> he was also 24. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was sentenced to 15 years at Oregon State Penitentiary. He became more and more angry while being locked up. Uh oh. And just caused all kinds of shit. Was just like. A huge pain in the ass there for everyone working there for the other inmates. Just anything <clears throat> crazy he could do, he would do it. Ew. All of the things that was Mr. Dammit Gary. Ew, Dammit Gary? Yep. Drugs. Booze, in the in, in prison. No way. All the things. Just anything he could do to be a pain in the ass so they would get rid of him. Did he make toilet booze? Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you can make booze in yeah. prison, right? It's true. So, it is true. So when he went to prison then, his teeth were rotten at that point, okay? Oh. Just gnarly teeth. Yeah. Kind of like Henry Lee Lucas gross teeth. I don't know who that is. He is a murderer as well, and he's got one crazy weird eye. He's the confession killer, and he oh, he paired one- up with Otis O'Toole, and they had like this weird lover thing, but not lover thing, and... uh 
What? To Otis O'Toole, they were more of a thing than in Henry's head, because Henry was still into chicks. and oh. They killed a few people, but Henry Lee Lucas would also confessed all these murders he didn't do or at yes. least they couldn't prove so that's I henry Lucas. that yeah but everyone complained about his hygiene and his teeth just Ew. he was a stinky fella Ew. and like grossed everyone out everyone Blech. that interviewed him every, like like to go to court they made him shower and stuff because Whoa. he was gnarly but yeah so he had gross teeth like henry Lee lucas type gross yeah um so when he got there they pulled his teeth while he was there he got dentures, but he claimed that they didn't fit right. So he went into an uproar and decided to raise even more hell <laughs> to go on this this quest for fitting dentures. Oh my gosh. It's, it gets real ridiculous. So he was just nuts and he'd complain all the time. He would like break the dentures so they'd have to get new ones. He would hide them. He'd flush them down the toilet. Just anything he could do to get rid of them to get different ones. I say, how much of that is just a scapegoat for being an asshole? Like, right. did it truly not fit? I mean, dentures, I can't imagine, are comfortable to begin with. Uh, no. So, let alone on top of him just finding an excuse to be an asshole while yeah. in prison. I think that's probably more the root of the issue there. But he even assaulted dentists. Like, because he's just so upset. About his dentures. What a psycho. Yeah. So, you know, with him being, damn it, Gary in jail. In prison, I should say. uh, He was kept in solitary confinement now. But some positive came from that. This is where he started exploring more of his artistic side. So he Mm. really got into um, writing poetry. Yeah. And he's pretty good at it. So he's doing that. He was educating. That's when he started educating himself more because he's just in solitary confinement all yeah. the time. So, so they could have books and stuff in there? Apparently. Oh. Well, that's good. But I you can't they have a just... pillow. <laughs> that's so crazy. You sleep on toilet paper. I don't know if, you know, certain ones are different than others. I don't know. But yeah, yeah he, he decided to, you know, better, start bettering himself a little bit. Not in the constructive ways, no. but there are some outlet ways of creativity he can. Right. <laughs> but, you know, he'll still so probably stab weird. a guy That's yeah. at some point. He's not quite there yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, while still going crazy about his dentures, he convinced a group of fellow inmates to... This is a suicide pack number one, so ah, trigger warning. Here we go. So he got this group of inmates to do a suicide pack where they all are going to slit their wrists at the same Yikes. time. So they did. And Gary, being a little bitch tits that he is, he, cut, he like, scratched himself on the wrists. Of while, course he did. While everyone else was hardcore and some of them really almost died because they cut so hard. Like, Holy it cow. And then he's just like, did any of the other people die? No one died that I know of, but there were some that came close. Wow. So, in that suicide pact. Yeah. So, that's the first suicide pact that Dammit Gary yes. has formed. <laughs> uh, Dammit Gary needs to go straight to Dammit Gary Town. He is just, he, I mean, he's finding ways now to, like, put all his emotions into things, but it's too little too late yeah at this point and it just doesn't get any better 
Yep. So, um, so in 1970, 1970, <laughs> he was taken, um, to, for psychiatric treatment because he's, they're, they, the prison has had it up to here yeah. with him. They don't fucking know everything they're doing is just, he is just being yeah. so difficult. He's that one person that mm-hmm. ruins everything for everyone and you just, you can't murder him, but you want to? Right. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Everyone knows one person at some point in their life where you're like, if I could, if it was legal, yeah. it might just be you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's him. I think that that just makes us normal. Yeah. Except that he carries he out. He really does. Yeah. yeah. And not to the, like, a situation like that. His yeah. are very just terrible motives, but... Um, so it's like prolixin, I think it's, but it's like, um, one of those, uh, I can't remember what it's for, but it's something to help his mental state to calm him down. It pretty much made him a zombie. Ooh, really? Yeah. Um, it, it had terrible side effects for him. He would just sit there and drool and be a shell of a person. And so, you know, they were like, yeah. Right. Gary's no longer, damn it, Gary. (laughs) Gary's just like, hey, drooler, someone switch his drool bucket. Yes. (laughs) But, like, that that worried his family that would go visit him. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's really not a good state of being for anyone. No. Even if you're a crazy hooligan that drives everyone bananas. (laughs) So Very true. um, So his mom, like, begged for them to take him off of the medication. Because she didn't want to see her son like that. Yeah. Understandable. Right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So in 1971. 1971. I don't know why I keep looking up at the ceiling. I like it. But, you know, that's what happens. I like it. His brother, Galen, died. I think it's Galen. Starts with a G. His um, third, it's his third brother, died. Um, during surgery, and oh. but this time instead of Gary going crazy wild bushman in his cell again like he did with his dad, yeah, he took a more constructive way to deal with his sadness and anger, uh-huh. and he put it into art. So he started like paintings and drawings, and I saw some of the pictures on the documentary. They're actually really good. Oh, really? He really is a great artist. They talked about him drawing his girlfriend, mm-hmm. but that he would, like, um, focus on making her um, features look like a little girl. <laughs> oh, creepy. I did not know that part. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, statutory rape. Right? It, he has... He's got all the things wrong. Yes. Yes. He, yeah, that just is creepy and weird. Damn mm-hmm. it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. But he was a really good artist. Like, so good, in fact. And he was, like, they were so happy that he was actually taking a different route to put it in. That they gave him special permission to leave to go take art classes at a community college. Wow. But in true Damn It, Gary fashion, this did not last long. Nope, never do. Because (laughs) he robbed a gas station and was sent back. To jail. Like, what is wrong with these people? He 
he was in there for what at least half of his life yes all he knows it's like charles manson yeah that's what you know that's what you're comfortable and familiar with sometimes being out is too scary and overwhelming you don't have the tools equipped to deal in society yeah you don't know so you become the whole opposite and that's the problem with this gary is he's in there so much that every time he's out he doesn't know how to be a part of society he's very selfish he's very short tempered because Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand how it works yep um yep so uh he attempted suicide yet again because he was put back in so is that so because he attempted 16 times so many times 16 that's that's just so many it's like how many times ted bundy could escape from prison it's the same thing where you're like how are you why are you not being watched more but he was such a nuisance i could see why they're like fuck him just yeah if he offs himself he offs himself i know but they said (laughs) so the i can't remember if it was the um the actual like prosecutor or if it was the governor that said it but they one of them said if anyone's gonna kill gary gilmore it's not gonna be him it's gonna be the state you know which so is deserved yes absolutely <laughs> and then another part of it is because he's not successful and he like half-asses these suicide yeah. attempts is it a cry for attention that's what I wonder. I don't like to bring that in when it comes to suicide, but sometimes people do do that for attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like no joking matter. Suicide's not fun in any way, shape, or form, whether it's a quote-unquote attempt mm-hmm. or if it's they actually mean it. Yeah. And I don't like to question those things, but with yeah. him, it seems it's always just in prison. It yeah. seems like it's just an attention yeah. attempt i mm-hmm. mean also he really doesn't want to live once it gets further down the road yeah. but yeah absolutely i still just it happens so much mm-hmm. and it hadn't been successful at all it's like is that just your cry for attention like yeah good something point. i don't know yeah because i'm not a head doctor but why aren't you because i would be awful <laughs> i would also be awful i'd be like can we fix my head first? <laughs> right <laughs> i mean it takes a crazy to know a crazy so it might be better to have a crazy. that's why we're friends exactly yep. you know the signs best because you're in it too exactly so in february of 1973 um, he was sentenced for nine more years because of that robbery. Oh, my. Um, and put back on to that medication that his mom was like, please take him off because he's too crazy. Yeah. Like, no one can handle him. He's a true damn it, Gary. To yeah. Um, Gary begged for some different punishment than to be on that med- medication and just stuck in that prison. So, his wish was granted, and he was huh. sent to Marion, Illinois. So, huh. he was sent from Oregon to Marion, Illinois, um, to a maximum security federal penitentiary, huh. where they're better equipped for 
damn it, Garys, such as himself. That need constant supervision. Yeah, because I think he was just... (laughs) He was far too much. He was Godzilla. Yeah. In a town that could not handle Godzilla. Yeah, That was Gary. Yep. (laughs) Someone please make a picture of Godzilla with Gary Gilmore's face. Please! (laughs) This would be so funny. Do it for me. It would. It would. <laughs> and like the little city could be the jail. Yes. With all the like maybe snack officers pack could do this for us. <laughs> Can she do portraits? Someone, someone needs to. I'm not sure, but someone needs to do this. Yes. So, um, he started writing to his. He has a cousin in Provo. Her uh-huh. name's Brenda. He started writing to her, just you know, venting about prison life and right and you know just life in general yeah so they started building a rapport more and just conversing back and forth a lot so about a year and a half later a deal was made um that he would be paroled into her custody so maybe they're trying a different approach i don't know if he was getting acting better there so they're like okay you know, yeah. let's send him. Or if they're just like, fuck him, maybe this will work. Because right. they're desperate. I don't know which scenario it was, but I could see one of two of Oh, those yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in April of 1976, <laughs> he flew to Salt Lake. Uh, Brenda met him at the airport. And uh, because, like we were talking about earlier, he spent a good chunk of his life, most of his life in prison mm-hmm. and jail. Uh, he had a hard time, you know, being around people mm-hmm. that weren't cellmates. So uh, he was very impatient. Um, yeah. Just difficult time transitioning into the world. Yes. So his, his uncle Vern, <laughs> his uncle Vern is I swear, he became a favorite of mine. Really? He's he's nuts, and I love him. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's Faye and Uncle Vern. Oh, very country bumpkin, and Uncle yeah. Vern is definitely country bumpkin. But he, <laughs> he gave Gary a job in his shoe repair shop. Oh, that's good. You know, to try to help him get on his feet. To get Rather. back and acclimatize to society in a yes. good constructive way. Right. Well, he kept getting distracted by all the pretty women that would come in. So he would, like, cat call them and, you know, do all the things you shouldn't do because you're just coming off as real creepy. Mm -hmm. It was so bad to the point that his uncle had to be like, whoa, dude, we don't do that. (laughs) Like, no way. You don't do that. You don't follow them. (laughs) You don't touch them. You don't yell at them. You just... Leave them be. <laughs> yes. Why is this a difficult concept for some men? Because they don't give a fuck. They think yeah. that it's just, you know, there. Exactly. While yeah. he was there, he happened to see and meet this gal that he was really fond of. And she actually liked him back. Well, that's nice. Yeah. They're falling in love while in prison. Nope, this is when he was working at the shoe shop. Oh, duh. <laughs> he's not in prison again For yet. The, like 20 this, minutes, he's out. This, yep. This is one time where he's there. legit. Yeah. 
Like, not in prison. Right. Or jail. <laughs> well, that's a shocking... So this gal becomes, like, quite a pillar in this story. Her name is Nicole... Is it Belle? Ah, uh, Nicole. Nicole. The infamous girlfriend. Yes. 19 years old. Yeah. And would you like to explain more of this venturing 19-year-old yeah. life? This 19-year-old lived quite the life. She is has already been divorced, married and divorced. I mean, obviously, but married and divorced thrice times, three, three times, and has two children at 19. She's lived more life than I have at 19. I, I haven't been married once. I haven't and been married I'm a million times. <laughs> and we're a million years old. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It, it blew my mind. Yeah. So, that is so disturbing to me. Yeah. So, like, you know, they were all, hey, hey. So, <laughs> after a week of knowing each other, he moved in with her in her home in Spanish Fork. One week. One week. This seems like it's going to go well. <laughs> so well. Um, They drank and got high all the time. Wasn't he on uh, parole? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Ah. So much that, you know, um... Cousin Brenda that, you know, is in charge of him uh, was like, whoa. Yeah. She's a bad influence on him. He's trying to fly right. I'm I'm in charge of this. Yeah. What the hell? She she didn't like it. No. She didn't want this 19-year-old corrupting her corrupt cousin. Yeah. Well, he was doing good at the time. Yeah. Kind of. Somewhat. Yeah. With them doing all of the drinking and the partying while he's living there. Mm -hmm. um, and he, I guess, apparently had headaches and stuff. Oh. So, uh, with a combo of headache medications and drinking a lot caused violent mood swings. And Yikes. sexual dysfunction, which further increases anger. Right. Yeah. And so, they were just... Butting heads. They were no yeah. longer happy. Right. In the short amount of time that they were living together. Yeah. Um, then he started to shoplift everything, what? including guns, and he brought them to her house and kept them there. And she was like, I'm not touching this shit. I don't want any part of it. Yeah, no. Which works out later for when, you know, and he goes to prison. Well, again, he's on parole, so he's not supposed yeah. to have any guns. You're not supposed to drink you're not supposed to be on drugs none of that yeah he's just and trying he to go back at this he's point. just a hot mess of ew yes he is <laughs> ew ew so um all of his anger from his shitty life and jealousness would just boil up once nicole left him after two months she had enough wow so two months they were living together after knowing each other for a week, he moves in. Wow. Then just, they went crazy, and she's like, nope. So she just left. She packed up wow. and left. And he was like, what the hell? Because he's just trying to get back on his feet. Yeah. And stuff. And so he tried to look for her for a whole week and couldn't oh find her. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> so she just ghosted him. Like, literally. <laughs> just ghost. Ghost. She disappeared. <laughs> she, 
She David Copperfielded his she ass. Sure did. <laughs> That's so crazy. So, so uh, on the evening of July nineteenth of nineteen seventy six. Nineteen seventy six. Gary drove within a block to a Sinclair gas station. So about a block away from a Sinclair gas station. Okay. Um, in Orem, Utah. This is where he completely escalates. By the way. So, it gets real, real bad now. <laughs> um, which is crazy to me because this man has done nothing but crime. His whole life. So we're just getting it's, to the... It's... We're, yeah, that's why there's so much because he just... It's not just a random one, two, three, bang. No, it's like, here's 50 million things I'm right. doing. And it's all just escalating more and more. And no one is catching this. Exactly. Nobody... He could have been stopped. Yeah. But everyone gave up on him because he was like, fuck the world. Yep. I was treated like shit. I don't fucking care. I have... No remorse for life, so I'll do what the hell I want. That's... But it's losing Nicole is what pushed him over the edge. So he parked a block away from the Sinclair gas station in Orem um, and then walked to the Sinclair gas station. Uh, it looked deserted, so mm-hmm. it was a perfect place for a crime. Um, the only person there was Max Jensen. A 24-year-old Mormon law student and father of a little girl. So he was working there. He was the gas station attendant. Uh, Gary took a stolen 22 caliber gun that he had. Hadn't he stolen it from the girlfriend's family or something? I'm not sure. I think that's... There's so much. I couldn't deep dive into everything or we would still be researching. I know, right? (laughs) But... It was stolen. Yep. Uh, he approached Max, demanded the money from his pocket, uh, led him to one of the small bathrooms in the gas station, uh, made him get on his knees, and then Gary pulled the trigger once, saying, this is for me. He pulled the trigger again and saying, this is for Nicole. So that is where he just was super fuck everything Mm. so he killed this man because he was mad because nicole left him two times shot him two times wow and he was just working all he just just working left a little girl left his wife yeah it's awful and and only 24 to lose his life and not only that after he killed this poor man he left the wad of bills untouched in the office, so he didn't even take the money. That was a ruse to just kill the guy. Like no. either he was, either he was just so like fuck it, he killed it and then just left the money and forgot, or he was just the true intention was just to kill someone, which that's kind of what I think because he brought the gun. Sure, it could have been for aggravated robbery with. A weapon, but but what I he mean, he left the money. Yes, like if you're truly there just to rob, you could have even just locked him up or beat him up something. You Absolutely. didn't have to kill him. Yep, but he didn't fucking care. So I think he was just so mad at that point. He wanted to hurt someone as bad as he felt hurt, and he just didn't care. So he yep. just offed him. Ugh. It's awful. That just poor family. Yeah, 
awful. So the following night, um, he dropped his truck off to a repair shop in Provo, mm-hmm. walked to the city center motel. Um, working at the city center motel was Benny Bushnell, a 25-year-old Mormon with a pregnant wife and a little baby boy. So what did Gary do? Yeah. Gary carried the gun into the hotel office or motel office, mm-hmm. approached Ben, demanding the cash box, and then he shot him once in the head. Like just psh. like point blank, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And then as he left, he put the gun in the bush, like in the bushes, just yeah, bloop, and he shot his hand. Such a dumbass. (laughs) And so what's interesting is that he went to the mechanic after and the mechanic saw blood just pouring off of his hand. And that's how he got caught because they call he called the police like dudes bleeding to death. Like what a moron. How do you accidentally shoot yourself in the hand? So also. So after he shot himself in the hand, mm-hmm. um, he drove to his friend's house, called Brenda, his cousin, um, and asked her to bring bandages for his hand. Well, her being a good law-abiding citizen, she called the police and said, <gasps> "Good for her." So she's like, "Oh hell no, that's what I'd be like. I'd be like, you're in my custody. Fuck yeah. this. I'm not any part of this. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna put your good ass back in her. prison." Yep. <laughs> so between that and the, the car repair dude. Yeah. He, he like, yeah, he was pegged. <laughs> There's no bit. getting out of that. And that was his cousin that did that to him. Uh-huh. The Good one that her. was. Um, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Yep. She's kind of fun to watch in the documentary. Really? Her interview. Yeah. I'm going to have to check her that out. Her and Uncle Vern. His family seems real cool. I don't really? know what happened to him. But I know. Like, him and his dad fucked up people but. yeah <laughs> yep so later that night he was arrested and sent to the hospital to get his hand bandaged because mm-hmm. you know fate made him shoot himself <laughs> which was a good thing because that was the linchpin in this awful right. just shit show yes that's <laughs> so, true so and then after his hand was bandaged he went back and they interrogated him mm-hmm. about the murders um he denied the murders um and gave um alibis but those alibis didn't check out police called and they're like what are you talking about we don't know what you're talking about right so then they confronted gary they're like look just admit it you're a liar yep (laughs) and he's like okay yeah i did it (laughs) shut up it was just like that (laughs) yeah it wasn't like he knew he was done for ah you can't think of anything else like he's just like yep nope i did it and yeah. and he didn't know why he did it and i think but here's i thought it was funny at first but then i thought about it because i had anger issues growing up with everything that's happened to me mm-hmm. and it's like when you get in such a blind rage you don't know or understand why you're acting out in certain that's ways true. until you're out of it and can think about it but when you're in it you just react it's That's so true. All you do, you don't even think, you just do. Yep, yep. It's like survival mode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're just so enraged. You yeah. just go on and whatever. 
whatever you're filling out that second, you don't even think about what you're doing. You just do it. And that's when all the bad things happen. Yep. So, so he didn't even know why. But I'm sure later on when he was in prison a million other times, Mm -hmm. he reflected on it and was like, yeah, I'm a bad person, which he actually does. He actually starts thinking about it. Which is interesting considering that there's like the shows like Confessions of a Killer and Mm -hmm. stuff where it's rare to see them show any sort of remorse in any way or... Well, you know, because they're usually all like sociopaths, psychopaths. Mm -hmm all narcissists so they don't yes. see they did anything yeah. wrong it's everyone else's fault yes or you know that type of thing but he actually did self-reflection That's... later which we kind of will cover actually right here oh, <laughs> this next there right here. Is. so for the first time in his life he realized the consequences of his actions of wow. all the shit he's done it took him to murder two men to realize oh, oh idiot <laughs> Yeah. That's so crazy. At least he did feel bad for murdering because a lot of murderers don't. There are some that do. Yeah. Depending on the situation and whatnot. But like it took him to murder two people and then he was like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm I, crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, but he did feel bad um, and he stated that he needed to die for what he did. Like when he when they were going over all the murder stuff and he's like, yeah, I need to die. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> like, like if you don't kill me oh. and I get out again, I'm going to kill again. Hey, at least he warned he, him. Yeah, he did. And the judge agreed. Really? <laughs> the judge okay. agreed. So in October of 1976, 1976, he went on trial for Benny Bushnell. Is it Bushnell? Yeah. Um, his murder. Uh-huh. Um, it took the jury a little over an hour to convict him of first-degree murder. Which, I mean, there's really not much to argue except for, like, if you're going to sentence him to death or whatnot because he admitted he did it. Yeah. So you don't need to, like, play that game back and forth on prove it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, no, there's lots of evidence and, you know, he just, I did it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Clear as day. So it's just now going about what to do with him yes. for sentencing and whatnot. Um, so he was sentenced to death. The oh. first death date. Yeah. And here comes the complications. <laughs> oh, so many. So many. It just cost taxpayers more oh, than it yeah. to. Big time. So um, the first execution date was set for November 15th of 1976. 1976. <laughs> okay. So... Gary got to pick because it's Utah. Right. <laughs> we like to give options on how you'd like to off yourself. <laughs> right. So, like. Do they still give them an option? I don't know now. I don't think so. But I know this, you know, Arthur Gary Bishop, he yeah. got to pick how he wanted to die. Dude, He picked no. lethal injection instead no. of the firing squad. Well, this Gary got to pick between firing squad and being hung. Firing squad. Because the problem in, throughout all the ages of hanging people, mm-hmm. you could bosh that real easy and it would take a very long, painful way, uh, way and time to die. Mm-hmm. Because unless your neck snaps right away and they figure out that math between your weight, your weight and the velocity of how you're going to fall once oh. they knock the shit out. Like most people don't die right away. So you're just sitting there choking to death. 
being hung. That literally sounds worse than absolutely anything. That's why he picked the firing squad. Yeah. Because there's less likely of a chance to just sit there and be tortured and until like, your body gives out. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, even Makes though sense. there have been instances, and I said this last time too, but with firing squads, they can miss so you don't die right away. And he doesn't die right away either, but he still goes pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> no. oh, okay. So, um, so he, of course, you know, he picked, he picked yeah. the shoot me, don't hang me. <laughs> he picked the shoot me. Shoot me. Just shoot me. Shoot me, shoot me. So his two attorneys tried to appeal the death sentence, but Gary fired them and waived his right to appeal the case because he just wanted to die. Yes. He's just fucking kill me. Yeah. Standing on his soapbox with his, was it megaphone thing? Just being like, just fucking kill me. <laughs> I did it. Just fucking kill me. Quit with yeah. all your glorified PC bullshit. Just fucking kill me. Yes. And <laughs> they don't like, listen. <laughs> in a case like that, where he's like, I just want to die. Uh-huh. I, I want them to make him live and suffer. He has, though. I mean, yeah. he's just going to continue to try and off himself, and it's just going to yeah. cost the taxpayers even more money. He he feels bad. Yeah. He's trying to atone for his actions and just off himself. Well, I like, guess that's true. Like, instead of putting him through and anyone else through any more murders that he will commit the second he gets out, that's... or even in prison. He'll just murder someone in prison. Yeah. Because even if he's just stuck in there for life, he's going to still murder people. Yep. It's just going to be in prison. Yeah. And it could be someone that did a minor thing that's just in there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they die because he's angry. Wow. So That's crazy. I have to agree that he did need to die. The judges agreed he needed to die. People keep are like trying to die block him. That's it's die block. Instead of a cock block, it's die block. No death for you. And he's like, just fucking kill me. No, he, no. I saw human qu- rights and bullshit. I don't fucking care. Kill me, damn it. Right. I saw a quote where he's like, "Well, they sentenced me to death, and I took that seriously. I didn't take it as a joke. Yep. Like, I'm supposed to die, right? Uh huh." So yeah, I I heard that whole spill. It was he had very good. It was very valid, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You're just making a joke of this by like taking it away." It's true. Like I committed the crime. I need to be punished. I agree with you. Yes. And you're not doing that. Yes. What is wrong with you? A lot. <laughs> so many so things is wrong. Many on, things on every angle of this story in Gary Gilmore's yes. life. Every yes. single angle is just so fucked. Mm-hmm. That's yep. why the story is so intriguing. I know. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> Three months before he was sentenced, um, the Supreme Court had just laid out new guidelines for capital punishment for how they executed and whatnot. Ah. So Gary would be one of the guinea pigs and one of the first ones. Because no one got executed in 10 years in the United States. Like That's pretty crazy. So he will be that first person executed in 10 years in the whole country. Whoa. Like, very first. And so this is just, like, news everywhere. Because everyone's like, oh, yeah. what the hell? 
So it's quite a media storm. You oh, can yeah. even see a lot of the news coverage and everything on online. Yeah. You can find them all over if you truly want to deep dive into that. It was a very, <laughs> very big deal. Yeah. So over the next few years, the story went worldwide um, as he continued to battle the legal system to just fucking kill him. Yeah. All he wants is to be executed. That's all he wants. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard. You can, no. You're killing innocent people all the time. Yeah. But this guy who is guilty and you're not murdering him. Yeah. What? Right? So <laughs> the media went wild and wanted to interview Gary because, you know, before he dies, uh, they want the scoop like every serial killer ever. Yes. And then true. every news, be it like published or online. Well, not online back then, but you know. But yeah. On the TV screen. Yes. <laughs> all yes. the things. They all want the scoop. Yeah. Well, there were so many and everything that um, they all were just denied for security reasons. Well, yeah, because of what <laughs> happened with Nicole. So, Nicole, the girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, th- he, because they kept staying his ed- execution and they kept, like, first his defense team just automatically didn't appeal because that's what they do. Like a stay of execution. Well, he was pissed. So he fired them. And so the first death date comes around and he doesn't want to be alive. And he's pissed that they've, they're not going to execute him. So little girlfriend comes with her, the pills (laughs) stuffed in her batch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and gives them to him, and they both try to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, before that even happens, yeah. there were helicopters that were landing in the exercise yards to try what? and get good shots from the windows. No. So they had to, is it the FAA? Uh-huh. Uh, they had to contact the FAA to get it a restricted fly zone above the prison so they couldn't do that and then that leads into so nicole and gary started communicating again yeah professing their love and yeah rekindling on all that shit and the execution date came and went Mm -hmm. and they're like fuck it so they did the suicide pact and it was on the day that he should have been executed Mm -hmm. so um but the the governor requested that it be reviewed to the board on the board of pardons so that's why it came and went it didn't get he didn't get that execution that first execution date um and gary wanted to die so yeah. him and nicole did that suicide mm-hmm. pact um she went to visit him with 35 sleeping pills in a balloon that she stuck up her vagina that is crazy. And then she had 35 sleeping pills at home, so they both picked 35. Yeah, like you were why? saying before we started recording. <laughs> like, why 35, though? Yeah. Why 35? Yeah. You I don't know. Why not 15? <laughs> well, yeah, and I wonder, what what was the pill? Do we know? Sleeping pills. Just I didn't look further to yeah. see, because there's just still so much I had to cover. Yeah, and the saddest thing <laughs> is, so she has these two little kids, right? Mm-hmm. One of which was three. The other one, I think, was under one. Real young. Yeah, and 
the neighbor found Nicole comatose with the children just trying to wake up their mom. And it just makes me so mad that she was selfish, so selfish that because her criminal deadbeat boyfriend is trying to kill himself that she is going to leave her children uh-huh. because of him. But like, the children should be more important. Yes. Should, should and I understand, uh, like, it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah. Um, I understand depression. I understand feeling those feelings of emptiness. Mm-hmm. But this, to me, was not that... But I don't know. Maybe she Maybe. really was that depressed. But I think it was just the whole being in love thing. Yeah. And because they were just rekindling yeah. their relationship. I mean, we both could be way off. I don't know. But it's like <laughs> you do stupid shit when you're in love with someone and yeah. you're an idiot. Yes. You don't pay attention. You don't care about other people. Or you do, but you yeah. don't yeah. show it. Because you're too into the other person to care about anyone else around you. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So you just get too involved. So I think that it probably was more or less that. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't seem very suicidal. Right. No. I think it was just the fact that, and he's very charming apparently, because look, he got the other prisoners to do a suicide pact as well. That's true. So yeah. he must have So he's got something, something mm-hmm. that he can corral these people in. Yep. And, yep. he, and he bitches out himself. Like, he'll still do it, but only half. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to be like, oh, I did it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I I guess that he was barely affected uh-huh. by these sleeping pills. Yep. And here she is comatose. Like, yeah. So it's like, did he even take them all I away? bet he didn't. Or did he take a few and was I, like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling so fatigued. I'm woozy. I took 35 <laughs> sleeping pills. Officers, 35. Were... Take me at once to the medical facility. They were probably like Benadryl or something stupid. Come hey, on. Hey, one Benadryl and I'm done. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> That's just so sad about her children, though. I know. I'm not laughing at that part. I'm still laughing at the right. ridiculousness I just went on. But <laughs> to do that, yeah, because you're just wrapped up in someone else. Yep. Like, come on now. Like, yep. It's these children, dude. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's not even like they're 18. Exactly. Where it's like they'll be fine if I'm gone. No. Exactly. <laughs> they're Such under five. Bullshit. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. So they both survived. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and then she was taken to the mental institute because she tried to kill herself. As she should be. Absolutely. Yeah. And in Utah, I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's everywhere, but in Utah, if you try and kill yourself, you automatically have to go to a mental facility. Some sort of. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know if it was like standard back then, but they were just like, no, we need to take her in. Yeah. Or what. But nowadays... It's automatic. If you go to the ER because you tried to kill yourself, right as soon as you're okay to leave the ER, you go straight to uni. Yes. Um, yep. So all contact between those two were cut off. Mm-hmm. Um, so he started another hunger strike because he's done many of these at this point. But this is just another one to protest <laughs> for his wanting to talk to the love of his life. Oh, my gosh. 
was a pretty skinny guy, but I think that's just natural. He wasn't yeah. like gross skinny. He was just skinny. Yeah. He had some muscle definition in those arms, though. <laughs> Did he? I didn't kind, see that. Kind of. I didn't see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> through here comes Uncle Vern again. <laughs> Uncle Vern? <laughs> He's my favorite. Yep. So, through um, Uncle Vern, they made a deal with a film producer, Lawrence Schiller, I think, the huh. all rights of Gary Gilmore's story. For like meat, like movies, television, books, blah blah blah, all that stuff that they can capitalize on. Yeah. Um, he sold those rights to that film producer for fifty thousand dollars. Good old Uncle Vern. He's very proud of it. But then uh, after he was like, "Yeah, I didn't know any better at that time." Right. Which, especially back then. You yeah. don't have all those things, so you don't think about it. Nowadays, everyone would be like, oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Or at least ask for way more. Like oh, yeah. $30 billion. I don't know. I know. But I like, would ask for $30 billion. Right, This is the rights to the, the story. Like, yeah. this well, very not, big deal. Not only that, it doesn't just affect Gary's life. It affects, what about the two that were murdered? Max and Benny. What about their families? Their exactly. wives. Their children. Yeah. Like. It goes so much further. And then his girlfriend and her children. Oh, yeah. And his family. The fact that he had a girlfriend. Like, (laughs) what is happening? Just goes to show that women are way more (laughs) understanding and forgiving than men. Absolutely. Men, you're lucky. Sorry, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes too lucky. Yep. So on November 28th. Gary appeared with a new attorney to the Board of Pardons so he could get the death thing back on track. Yeah. Because um, he was just fighting for this death. Just fucking kill me. That's yeah. all he wants. So finally, he got his wish. They set a new date for the execution. So. But- so, um, and that date was... In January, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no. No? no. Oh, December... F- December 3rd. December 3rd. So, Gary's mom and others um, were fighting for stays to be put on the execution to give them more time uh-huh. because they didn't want him dead. So, Why? <laughs> I mean, I can understand his mom, but at the same time, come on, mom. Right? <laughs> You're, you know your son did it. He's telling you, just let me do it. Just yes, everyone attempted to kill himself yeah. sixteen times that we know about. Pretty yeah. sure he wants it. Yeah, be. actually, so uh, December third is when the U.S. Supreme Court issued the stay, so they granted the mom oh. the stay. So I don't know what that second date was, but it wasn't the January one because that was the third date. Oh my gosh! So okay. I missed what. The date was for the second date for the execution Mm. because the first one was overturned. Um, So through newspapers, Gary asked his mom to back off. Oh, wow. (laughs) He had to go through newspaper articles that just said, mom, Mom, stop Stop trying to get this to stop. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Just drop it. I mean, yes, (laughs) yes. So. 
That stay was overturned shortly after, mm -hmm. um, and a new date was set, and that is the January 17th date. Ah. So he didn't want to wait four weeks, so yet again, in true damn it Gary fashion, he, did not. he tried to kill himself yet again. So he had been stockpiling drugs in his cell, um, so he took them to try and kill himself. Oh my god. Because gosh. he didn't want to wait this four guy. weeks till January seventeenth. He just wanted to die. Yeah. And every he's probably like, is it gonna happen again? Are they gonna try and overturn it again? Which they do. So What? So now like they're running out of the pills and stuff. Mm hmm So his the youngest brother, Michael, that's spelled in a Utah fashion. <laughs> He went to visit him, and he was going to try and see if he could be like, can we please, like, put another stay on? Yeah. Like, I want more time with you. You're my brother. I know you did bad things, but I still love you. I just want a little more time. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so, so he spent days with his brother. His, his brother, Gary, gave him a, pitch, a shirt with his picture on it, and it says something about Gilmore and dying. Uh-uh. It was real funny. <laughs> That is funny. It, sh it shouldn't be funny, but it was funny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like terrible and I laugh. <laughs> but yeah, so Gary gave his brother Michael a shirt with his name on it. Mm. Talking about just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> so because he was hanging out with his brother and he was toying with, you know, trying to get that la another stay put in to prolong this execution yet again. Um he decided to not ask for it because he he saw how much his brother was just done and he didn't want to string his brother along and make him more miserable because he loved his brother. So right. it's just like that's that's a mercy thing. Yeah. Like just just let him die. So then his brother was on board. But his brother oh. originally went there to get another stay put on so he wouldn't be executed. Really? But yeah, his brother was the only smart one. I if only his mom would have done that too. I know. I know. But wait, there's more. Oh, shit. <laughs> so media and protesters began to gather on January 16th of 1977. The day before the, the execution. Yeah. <laughs> I like your guns. <laughs> so... That, like, there were so many. They had to corral them into this one area and are like, you, you can't go anywhere. There were so many, like, news media vans oh and trailers gosh. and just everyone. So they're like, you can stay in this one area mm -hmm. and that's it. <laughs> they wow. still have a prison to run. They still have people going in and out. Yeah. They can't have craziness everywhere for a plethora of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so that night, Gary spent with family and friends. Um, they said that he was like real happy. He was dancing, you know, just celebrating the last little bit and probably also happy because he's like, fuck, finally, they're finally going to murder me. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go, uh, go along with that and say, yeah, finally. <laughs> You'd think. Oh, shit. <laughs> but we'll get to that in okay. a minute. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so happy dancing. And um, he got hold of some drugs. So he's very medicated. They didn't know what, but that was just what made him happy. And good old Uncle Vern. Aw, Vern. Uncle Vern smuggled in some booze to make him extra happy. Oh, good, good old, old Vern. Uncle Vern. 
We like her. So Uncle he was Vern. just having a great heyday. Yeah, he was. You know, celebrating that last day of life. Um, yeah. So then, he his new attorney, um, actually even got his favorite musician to call him and talk to him on the phone. Do you know? Shut up. Yeah, I was like, this part's pretty cool. Like. Seriously, that was cool of the attorney and this musician. And this musician happened to be Johnny Cash. Stop it! Johnny, Mr. Johnny Cash called Gary Gilmore the day before he got executed. Shut up! Even sang him a song. (gasps) Um, What? Yeah. And then Gary tried to sing that song back to Mr. Johnny Cash. Uh But he was far too drunk, and I heard him singing it no, in the documentary. Did? It was Stop. real bad. We're going to have to look that up after. <laughs> it was real bad. But Whoa. yeah, like, I mean, nowadays you couldn't do that on the day before your execution because that scene is you're just, you shouldn't be enjoying your last little bit because you killed someone. You should also be miserable. But back then, things were different. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> we really want you to enjoy these last few minutes. Uh-huh. So, um, people, it was winding down. He got to call and talk with Johnny Cash. And then people were starting to leave to go to bed. Uh, he made a little recording for Nicole. Just talking about how he loves her and is going to miss her. And he wants her with him and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So, this is where, yet again... People try to interfere with the date of the execution. Oh my gosh, Again. shut up. Yeah. Shut up. It's just this Who now? big, just yo-yo. This is Like, horrible. I start feeling bad for Gary just because he keeps getting the rug pulled out from under him so many times. Oh, yeah. And he just wants to die. Just let so the man wants. die. Just let him go. Quit fighting it. So later that night, um, American Liberties of Civil Union managed to secure a last-minute stay of execution. Mm. So I pulled that rug out again. And they were like, nope. And it was granted. Yep. So, like, it was up in the air. And they're like, we don't fucking know what's going on now. You might get executed. You might not. Right. Who knows? So yet again, he's like, fuck. (laughs) No way. (laughs) It's like... It's like this was from just a movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's real life. Yeah. So um, that stay got overturned because um, in a Supreme Court, like, emergency meeting in Denver, they decided to overrule that stay. But then, and so that was like late at night after that stay got put. So it just keeps running later. In one evening... So he gets the stay put on his execution, so it's on hold. And then they have that emergency meeting in the Supreme Court in Denver. Okay. And then they're like, no, we're not, we're going to overturn the stay. It's going to happen. But now we need to wake up the judge that does the sentences and see when we can get the, the execution date now. No way. So it's like, is he going to have that same execution date that was already permitted? Right. Or is it a whole new one and we're going to have to wait five more years and 20 more stays are going to be put? Right. No one knows. So, so, so yeah. And this poor judge is yes. like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Again? Again. <laughs> so, luckily, 
it worked out, the death date was still set. Like, yes. he agreed to keep it this day because he's probably like, this is just bananas. Yes. We need to stop. Let's just murder him. I don't know why I keep saying murder him. I mean, technically they are murdering I mean, him, yeah. but they're, it's an execution style yeah. for justice. Yeah. It's still murder. It is. All of that's still murder. Yeah. <laughs> it sure is. But it's justifiable murder. Yeah. And a vigilante slight Vigilante fashion. justice. <laughs> Vigilante, yep. but not vigilante because it's legal. So at seven thirty a.m., um, the that's when they're like, "Okay, it's back on." Okay, <laughs> so, it's happening. It's happening. It's I... on today. <laughs> right. We're not pushing it back any further. Yeah. So Gary was then exco- escorted. Escorted. I can't talk anymore. It's just getting later. Right. Um, he was escorted. With his posse of, you know, lawyers, Uncle Vern was there, mm-hmm. um, other people were there. Yes. I, I just really care about Uncle Vern, because he's fun. Well, his <laughs> he, name is Vern. He's a good time. Yes. I would party with Uncle Vern. I want to party with you. <laughs> so, so, they were escorted to an abandoned cannery building that was right behind the prison. Yeah. Convenient. Right? <laughs> so convenient. So then he was sat in the chair for the execution. Um, wow. It looks crazy because it kind of looks like the um, elect- electrocution chair. Yeah. Kind of. But there's this thick wall that's behind the chair. Um, and it's kind of like bolted or strapped into the wall. And behind it, there's a bunch of sandbags holding up. So probably to, to like take from... the bullets mm-hmm. is what my guess is. Um and then yes. there's straps to hold down his body so he can't, like, just suddenly, bye guys, I'm fleeing. Right. So, but. You wouldn't get far with all yeah, those people's guns. Yeah, yeah he'd die anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's just, for the people watching, it would be easier right. to see him. Yes. In this other way. So, he was loosely bound um, to, the, to a, the chair, and it was slightly padded. Yeah. Um, with um, padded nylon straps. So, they strapped him down like this, and with his feet. Strap here, strap, so strap around the stomach, the arms and stuff, but it was loose. So it wasn't like confining like the electric chair where you're like stuck. Yeah. So. Wow. And because, um, oh yeah, before I get into this other part. So he's, he was like stuck there. He is facing this like gray curtainy thing Mm -hmm. with five slits in it. So they do that because, um, some, some what I've researched on firing squad stuff for is like they'll have like five to seven slots so you can't see where the they're shooting because sometimes it can come from all of them and other times it's like you don't know where the bullets are going to come from wow so so but i'd imagine it's all at once so then guaranteed one of those people are going to hit him right so they wouldn't you say there's like little curtains and slits? So it's a cur- one curtain with slits, and that's where your the rifle okay. can shoot through the slit. Okay. But so okay. they can't see him. He can't see. Well, he can't see them anyways because they end up putting a um a, a thingy hood. a hood over, so you don't see his face when he dies because that would be gnarly to see. Yeah. For the people watching. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and he was like just 25 feet away from that curtain so no so the impact so of the like bullets are like really yeah and they're rifles that they use to kill him so um that's insane yeah so how many 
Uh, are do all of them have real bullets in them? Do only some of them? I am not fully sure on that, yeah. and I think it depends on the the place itself that's doing it. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a standardized thing for it because I didn't really want to delve too much into that because it's a little too morbidy for me. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they like unload the gun. Oh yeah. Well, with not this, it was shot, just right? one round. Oh, it was? Okay. Five at once. But, oh, my gosh. So before that happened, they pinned, um, when they were still getting him ready, Here, they pinned a target above his heart so they had nowhere to shoot. Oh. So so that's where they're aiming for because that's a clean kill. I don't think she's coming in. That's her. So, like both surrounding her. <laughs> wow. So... In true damn it Gary fashion, yep. because he is kind of a smart ass and slightly funny. Yes. And Uncle Vern was there. So, so it's gonna be a fun time. So he had to joke about how loose it was. So he's like, Hey Uncle Vern, you wanna arm wrestle? Uh-uh. <laughs> this is like right before he's getting Right before he's executed. Shot. Yeah, and they're joking. He's like, I could just take you out right now if you want. Slip you right out. He's like, yeah, do it. <laughs> That's awesome. And they're just joking about yeah. it. Like, right before he gets shot. <laughs> That's so weird. I thought that was funny. I'm like, dude, I would say something yeah. like that. Like, I, I want to hate him, but the more I watch on him, I'm like, dude, he's kind of cool in a terrible way. In a terrible I way. I can't stress that enough. Terrible. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I fully agree and don't agree with what he's doing. Right. But he's really kind of funny because he's a big smart ass and just huge pain in the ass. Mm. Like so, like someone that would be in my family. <laughs> right. That's murdered people. Minus the murder Mur- part. Yes. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with the robbery, any of the right. kind of stuff. But yes. he's it's kind of funny. Want to arm wrestle Uncle Vern? <laughs> and then what was it that he said right before they did it? So that's what I was just getting into now. So after... A little bit of banter between mm-hmm. uncle and whatnot. The warden was like, okay, it's time. Yeah. Is there any last things that you want to say? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but that would have been real cool. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Be like, Maggie, just do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so I was like, all right. So then they put the black corduroy hood on over his head and then just one round yeah. shot. And he still blood slowly starts pouring out of his chest. Um, and they said that it was just slow and so dark it looked almost black. Ooh. <laughs> and it just dripped on the floor. So they went over to check him. Yeah. And at first he still had a little bit of a heartbeat. So he didn't immediately die. But I think he was bleeding out enough that he just kind of went unconscious. Because he went limp after he got shot. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't dead right but then they waited a second and then he did die but it was a little bit slower than just instant right yeah so uh wow yeah it sounds like um not the best way to die i it's better than getting hanged or lethal injection or lethal because yeah i mean i would pick lethal or Getting shot than getting hung. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't want that. So, after he was executed, yep. Uh, his mom, Bessie, 
uh, knew that the stay was issued and that that's the last that she knew that it was issued and he wasn't going to be executed yet and then suddenly she sees on the news he's just been executed so mama didn't know that he was that Whoa. had to have been like what the hell moment yeah. especially being his mom wow through all the stuff they've been through that still is like yeah. crazy blow yeah and um then so girlfriend nicole who is still in the mental facility right she for her shenanigans with mr <laughs> gary um she had felt something weird pains in her chest yeah didn't think much of it and then then she got the news that he was found, he was executed wow so how crazy is that yeah sounds like they were connected mm-hmm. wow but i don't know if she was just saying that to the news later on or if it really was a thing right Oh, no. She just wants to feel important. I mean, that would be pretty cool and weird if it yeah. truly happened. And I don't want to discredit her if that did happen. But right. it is the news. Yeah. You never know. Yep. So his organs were donated for transplants. Well, that's and good. And his body was cremated. And then they spread his ashes above Spanish Fork, where he and Nicole lived for a very short time. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So Gary, a little pieces of Gary are all Ew, over Spanish Fork, where my grandparents murder. had a farm. <laughs> yes, maybe I stepped on pieces of Gary. Probably why they had ghosts. It was all just Gary. Yes. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. Damn it. Always causing problems, man. So now let's address address <laughs> let's address this fifty thousand dollars that um, Uncle Vern made by selling the rights to Gary Gilmore story. Right. So, this is what happened to that. So, it was divided among the family, and some of it was also given to the wives of the victims. So, at least oh, they got some cool. compensation for it. It doesn't, it doesn't take anything back. back. No. It doesn't make it right. No. But, at least they're being acknowledged, and yes. Uncle was cool enough to give them money. Yeah. Because of what happened. That so, is really cool. At least he did that because he could have just not, but yeah. they did. So that part was pretty cool. And then just, you know, press packed up and left and left him alone finally. And then just all the crazy stories ensued of the life of Gary Gilmore. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, Gary. You're useless, Gary. So not only that, they made a movie out of this. Yes. With Tommy Lee Jones. And? and the movie's called The Executioner's Song. It came out in 1982. You can watch it on YouTube. I watched it on YouTube yesterday. I'm going to watch it on YouTube. That's what I'm going to do. Do you bring snacks and stuff? Because it's like two hours and 15 minutes. It's very long. Yeah, that's a long movie. It's very long. Yeah. But it's pretty close to the story. So it's pretty accurate. Is it... Um... So, like, even though it's really long, is it entertaining? For the Man. most part, for being a 1980s documentary type right. movie. Not fully documentary, but, you know, a depiction of Gary uh -huh. Wilmore's life. So much shit did happen in his life. Okay. None of it's, like, super funny or anything, but... Or entertaining? <laughs> it's it's pretty entertaining. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Like, it it keeps you going, but there are some slow parts, but, I mean... He's not the most entertaining person. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. There was one funny part, though, when they did the, the execution part with uh-huh. Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, no. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but I was like, what the hell? So he sat in the chair for where the firing squad would shoot him. They put a hood over his head. Like, it's different from how it actually happened. Yeah. They put the hood over his head. And then they pinned the target, but where they pinned it, it wasn't above his heart. It was too low, and it was on his stomach. <laughs> then the very next, like, scene, like, not scene, but the next second, it was far too over, so it'd get along. Oh. It wasn't where your heart is. <laughs> Whoever was it in made charge of that consistency. I mean, and most people don't really fully realize that, but I took anatomy for oh, medical yeah. stuff, so I... It stuck out to me. I was like, that's not where his heart is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's his stomach. That would, you, you wouldn't necessarily die right away for that. And like the, because your stomach acids would just be in your body. Yeah. All the infection, you just, that would just be painful and cause a whole bunch of other issues. And he might not die right away for that either. Exactly. Because the infections of the stomach acids and whatnot would be going on there. Yeah. Ouch. But it made me laugh, yeah. so I had to note that because it's very ridiculous. Tis, tis but indeed. But most people might not catch that, but no. I did. Yeah. Well played, Iago. Yeah. Uh. So hey, uh, Kira. Hey, Marcy. What's uh your playlist, man? All right, because Johnny Cash was oh, involved in this. Man, I would have done Johnny. There's so many songs you could have added any. I, I could have. I did two. Did Dude, you? Johnny Cash songs. What songs? The first one is, was it Folsom Prison Blues? Oh, well Because, you done. know, Prison Blues. Yeah. Gary did not like to be in prison. No, he did nor not. Nor did Johnny Cash. Nope. <laughs> Next Johnny Cash song is I Won't Back Down because Gary did not once back ah, down. Ah, no, he did not. <laughs> he stuck those middle fingers in the sky and was like, fuck you, murder me. Yep. I like it. Boom. I like it. Number three, I went with Nine Inch Nails, Head Like a Hole. Oh. Bring in some old school. And then yep. I had to bring my Ramstein back. I can't. It's been a while. Imagine. I missed you, Ramstein. Bestrafig mich. It's a song. It's I'm... a song I want. Punish me. Ooh. So, is that your list, I madam? Got... One more. Oh, And good. you saw this music video. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, you saw two. This is the first oh, one. Sorry. I just clapped. You put it in the red, you asshole. I did. I am you an asshole. Asshole. <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so, um, this song is about Gary Gilmore himself. So, the, the band is the uh, adverts. <laughs> and the song is Gary Gilmore's Eyes. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Yep. That was the punk song that we were listening. It's like old school punk. Uh-huh. And Marcy and I both listened to it for the first time today because I was curious if there were any songs about Gary Gilmore. Because you there have to was. That. And there was. And it was Indeed. a punk rock song. And if you think about it, if you know true punks, he kind of did have that punk rock, I don't give a fuck attitude. Yes, he did. Anarchy and such. Yeah. It it goes hand in hand, so I was it like, sure oh, please. Then I thought of this one because you know we needed something funny. Yes, and it also brought me to think, what was his last meal? <laughs> right. So I have. <laughs> she's laughing because she's experienced this. 
I don't know if I, when Mary was my co-host, um, if I brought up this band, but it is one of my most favorite ridiculous punk bands. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the name P. Lander Z. <laughs> the song. I feel like steak. <laughs> I feel like you need to spell out the name of the band for people. So all you guys need to check this out. So it's P E E L A N D E R Z. So P Lander Z. Okay. The song S period T period E period A period K. Yep. Well, they're spelling out steak. Yeah. But you know. Um. <laughs> and how does he like his steak? Medium rare. <laughs> Such a great song. It you really guys need, is. You guys need to listen and experience. It's so funny. It, it's, it's so funny. It's so off the wall. I liked it. And it's an earworm song. So once you hear it, and you'll want steak, and it, the song will just stick in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube right now. Yep. And then come back and listen to my playlist, (laughs) which... So what's on yours? So mine wasn't clever like yours and matched with our theme, but except for one. So my first one is Emmeline, Venting to Strangers. It's a good one. I mean, and he kind of did vent to strangers. Yeah. His cousin. Yeah. Kind of a stranger. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. And then Beyonce, Ring the Alarm. Because why not? Because you gotta ring the alarm. Yep. <laughs> and then um, number three is Christina Aguilera, Singing My Song. I don't know if I've heard that one. It's so good. It's so good. It's about singing your song. <laughs> I gathered that from the title. <laughs> and then number four. Number four is Rascal Flats. Oh, you're bringing in some country. I am. And it's called Yes, I Do. And, you know, it's about belonging together, but being apart. So, Nicole and him. That fits, too. Mm -hmm. Does it also include 35 sleeping pills? It does. That's actually, (laughs) it's Yes, I Do. In parentheses, it says 35 sleeping pills. 35 in my vagine for you. <laughs> in my notorious VAG. <laughs> and then my last song does go completely. It's Johnny Cash. I just switched it over. Sweet. Um, Hurt. That. And it's about self-harm and stuff. So, Gary. Gary knows far it, too Gary. well all that. Damn it, Gary. Damn it, so, Gary. And then our uh, Silver Fox. <laughs> it's... Uh, Ready for this? Yep. One, two, and a three, and a four, and a five, and a... Sorry. One, two, three. Tommy Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. So, (laughs) he was good looking back in the Dizay. When he was in this movie about Gary Gilmer, he wasn't bad looking. Yeah. I thought he was a good looking chap back in the, like, the client days. He's got that rugged, outdoorsy, chiseled face. Yes, he does. Chiseled by the elements face. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. He is Prominent an attractive brow. fellow. 
And I just like how he's a badass in all of his movies. It's true, even in Men in Black. <laughs> yes, exactly. He just was it Space Cowboys. He's also in. He's a badass in that too. <laughs> he just like if he's on the script, I know it's going to be a good one because I really do think he's, he's an actor. excellent actor. Absolutely. And him on like The Fugitive. There is a movie where he. Um, Man of the House. That's a cute one. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah, that one's really cute. I think really I cute. was micro when I watched it last. <laughs> micro? Micro. Like you had a micro penis. I No. No? I've never had a micro penis. A detachable, detachable penis. <laughs> Good old song about yes. detachable penises. A detachable, detachable, detachable penis. Anywho, so guess what? Tommy Lee... We, we love, love you. you. And your prominent brow. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or, or Twitter. Or Twitter. Twitter us. <laughs> tweet us. Uh, go to 801 Horror Zero Cult. C-C-U-L-T. Um, or you can also email us which would be killer mm-hmm. at 801 horror cult vix at gmail so 801 h-o-r-r-o-r c-u-l-t-v-i-x <laughs> at gmail we'd love to hear from you tell us your stories we we will totally tell those stories because mm-hmm. who doesn't want to hear that you can hear our version of your story yes it, it will, will be, be a real thing. weird <laughs> <laughs> you know how people do listeners tales We'll be like, we're going to put a spin on yes, your tail. This will be our version of your tale. <laughs> we'll be like the the modern art of your tale. Yes. Artistic uh, expressions. It'll be beautiful. Also, follow us, subscribe, and rate us. A we, good rating, please. Please be kind. Yeah. Rewind. We want like two more listeners. <laughs> it would be lovely if there were at least two. Yeah, at least we'll get two there. more. We'll get there. It's... Marcy will show you her boobies. <laughs> and Kira will show you her anti-pentu beads. So, Kira, what? What are we going to talk about next week? We are going to have some fun and do our Christmas special. Yeah, we are. You're going to like it. Yeah, we're going to, you know, from the Thanksgiving special, this gross food we talked about? Yeah. We're going to make some and eat it. And, yeah, we are. And get some of the gross candy canes and shit and try that too. Yeah. And you get to hear our reaction. Which, I'm not going to lie, should be pretty entertaining. <laughs> Always going to be very entertaining. Cause yeah. We don't hold back on our verbiage. <laughs> no. We sure don't. Not and only that. If it's disgusting, you'll know. Oh, yeah, because you're going to scream. Ah! Yeah. There's going to be a lot of uh, animation. Absolutely, we might actually record it too we and stick it on the social. We I should. think we should. As another holiday treat for you guys. Yeah. Also, we're covering weird Christmas traditions. Yeah. And holiday, not just Christmas, yeah. but the but holiday season. Holiday traditions. Yeah, because not everyone does Christmas. No. Yeah. And then we're going to take a break yep. for Christmas. So Phantom can take a break from our it shenanigans. Our he doesn't have to listen to us. We don't oh. have to listen to us about this. We still have to listen to ourselves. Yeah, Phantom, you're going to miss 
stuff for yeah. like, I mean, for I'm still probably texting him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you might, but... <laughs> hey, you don't have to edit us that week. I will send a homing to the message for you. Not when it's stored. That's 